The time is 6.27 p.m. And welcome, at the second attempt, to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. Got me going then. So, a, bre- a, a breathing a sigh of relief um, after fighting the technical issues yesterday. Yes. Yes, Fat Larry's band summed it up, didn't they? Zoom. Ah, so dear listener, oblique listeners, apologies. There was uh, all sorts of technical difficulties, which you can enjoy listening to Simon flapping and gasping like a fish out of water on the podcast but today we shall press on with our review of the seven hours of exotica that was the Portsmouth Full Council meeting on Tuesday yes the the fun so and Simon, the what, what was the what was what was on what, what was on the undercard what was the uh, what was the what was the first fight into the ring well there were there were lots of things dis- lots of things discussed but the things that we really wanted to talk to were um the report back from um the report back from the housing cabinet portfolio, um, um, basically talking about the redevelopment of Leamington and Horatio House and the proposal to uh, to basically not, um, well, take those down and um, replace them. Um, and there was a motion regarding actually getting some questions out of Hampshire Fire and, Fire and Rescue Service, um, which it seems odd that the, count, the council didn't seem to be able to get questions to, sorry, answers to questions about whether cuts to um, Summers, um, Summers Town uh, Fire Station, South Southie, Southie Fire Station, um, how much that actually impacted safety in the city. There was a big furore about uh, about the classification of a road, and then yes. um, and then and then um, the the interesting motion where there was nice peace and harmony was about actually accepting um, the council accepting to go for designation as a as a sunflower city so basically supporting the um, the use of the sunflower lanyards um etc in order to demonstrate um and support invisible disability um so yes that's um that's kind of the, that's the things that we wanted to talk about. There were lots of other things that were talked about, but um, I'm not going to bore people to death by kind of going through lots of them. But um, should we get into? <laughs> Have we got feedback? No, someone's <laughs> someone's ringing me on the landline. Um, so, <laughs> oh, dear. that's your mum. Yeah, yeah. That's the mother-in-law. Oh God. Oh. Well, this is so professional. I tell is, you what, our is, first bath, our first bath is still way off. Son, yeah, okay? there it is. Right, come but, on. So, talk to me. So, so those are so the things Uncle, that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, Uncle Darren Sanders gave us the lowdown on his thoughts on the, the the redevelopment last week. So he strode confidently into the council chamber. How did everything go? Well, no one strode into the council chamber because everybody did all this remotely. It was all done on Zoom. So if oh, if right. you can, if you can imagine a meet any any sort of meeting where forty two people are invited to attend, some of which hate each other's guts and some of which pretend to not hate each other's guts so much because they hate someone else's guts so much, um, and then trying to have a seven hour long meeting by Zoom, um, not by Zoom, sorry, by Teams, um, the um, the video mechanism of choice of the council, much to Gerald Vern, um, Councillor Gerald Vernon Jackson's distaste, is 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 Microsoft Teams. So. The um, in a nutshell, um, the Tories put across their point that um, that um, these um, those properties had been vacated um, for, and there was you know there's the, the, the and we we explored this with Darren last week, didn't we, about the whether those properties, whether Horatio and Leamington House um, should have been vacated. Um, yep. But the idea now is that obviously they're unsafe. They need to be taken down. They'll be taken down bit by bit. Is the proposal rather than blown up? So sorry if people were kind of liking a liking the idea of a big bang. Um, and to redevelop the site, replacing those two hundred and seventy-two uh, council um, houses, sorry, council homes. Um, but um, um, there being um, other other housing, but low dens- lower density housing, so not not high rise housing actually on on the on the site. 
Um, so there was much talk about that one. Um, but the, I guess kind of where the, where the beefy conversation got on was when we talked later on about the landlord licensing um, issue, which was um, brought up again as a notice of motion from Cal Corkery. So Cal, friend of the podcast. Um, but the Leamington Horatio House, um, it was accepted with um, 25 votes for and 14 abstentions. So it was the Tories that um, abstained, whereas the Lib Dems, Labour, and the um, and PPP and the Ind- and the Independent, which is um, uh, which is John Ferret, all voted for. So the idea is they're um, going to go ahead and. <laughs> In you know, yep. look to invest some money in actually redeveloping that site. Um, but the Tories' counter was that there weren't really any clear plans, as far as they could see, about how to make the money back. Which seems, you know, you could argue that, you know, renting these properties out or selling the selling the other ones that aren't going to be council properties is going to be a way to fund the scheme. But it's uh, well, I, I guess you'd want to see that on a spreadsheet, though, wouldn't you? A spreadsheet. Where... You know, I, I think when we had Darren on, I started to play about with some numbers and there is an element of, I think, whilst whilst folk accept that it needs to be done and it's the right thing to do, then, you know, the, the question is how long will it take to pay all this back is probably a valid one to ask. Um, but ultimately, you know, there's a, it's an abstention, which for me it, it is, you know, as it says, it's you're not standing against it, but you perhaps might like a little bit more detail to, to yeah, to um, shape yourself. Yeah, so um, probity is um, is is important, of course. So um, yes, um, I have now finally got into the chat, so I can see that of the four people that are following us, <laughs> at least Scott, Peter, Harris, Lynn, and Malcolm um, are actually following us, following us live. So that was that was the kind of the the issue there, is. Um, you know, I think everybody can kind of see that it's a good idea to be building more council housing in the city um, and a way to construct more much needed housing actually in the heart of the city. Um, I guess the divergence is on how you pay for it. And this scheme is about... As is, as, as is so often the case betwixt left and right. We don't necessarily disagree on what the right thing to do is. We just perhaps wrangle over how it will all be paid for. So that one, peace and harmony... Yeah. Um, Dar- Darren <laughs> leaving the chamber with a with a clear victory. Yes. Um, so next fight on the card. Leaving the virtual now- chamber. So the next thing that we wanted, I mean, there were other, th- I'll, I'm skipping the things that we didn't want to talk about rather than, or do you want me to kind of briefly go through the, literally title, say what they were? Um, are they exciting? Not really. They're, you know, there's Let's some... Pre- there's some procedural stuff about um, representation on committees and panels. There was some review of um, a revised standing order. So that's the rules by which the council operates. There was discussion um, about um, about pyramids, which, to be honest, turned into a conversation, a, a big discussion about um, should people have actually been asked what they want, what they wanted to have happen when, um, you know, when there's a, you know, there's a situation of building coming to the end of its life um what can you do with it it costs 600 sorry 700,000 pound a year to to keep it running as a loss um so you know what do you want to do with the money the next motion that we wanted sorry go on I'm skipping ahead just with the pyramids there because it is it is one it's one of these ones where you know for for me it's it's got the Woolworths effect which is everybody loves it now I of course owe a debt of gratitude to the pyramids so are you, are you the, just undoing your argument then no no in that in that it, it was the place where i first met my now lovely wife was it however it was it was i did it not was. know this well, it's not where i met her no so uh it was a it was a works night out back in the day uh. where i i applied my smooth wit and charm after considerable amounts of cronenberg 1664 but I realise it was the last time I visited the pyramids some 27 years ago. Well, I must admit, I've been... I, I went to a um, Gary Oldman gig there. I've been... I think I might have used the pool once. 
Um, and I went to someone's 18th birthday party there back in the 1990s. So, um, you know, take a, take of that what you will. But nonetheless... Um, doesn't make you a frequent flyer, does it? It doesn't really make me a frequent flyer. And considering that for probably about 12 years, I lived nearby it. But anyway, I mm. think Graham Heaney summed up um, sums up the kind of the um, the thoughts on this probably most helpfully. So um, that's um, Councillor Graham Heaney um, from Labour. We'll, we'll play a clip of what he said. Many people outside don't understand how we do things. They are potentially quite suspicious of councils making decisions. They think we've got another agenda or whatever. So we do have to think carefully about how we go about making decisions. And this is why we have put our motion, our, our amendment forward today. We think the council does need to make more, more effort into uh, thinking about how we actually make our decisions. Thank you. So there we go. That it seems man clear. speaks. Man speaks good sense, and it is about transparency. But I, 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 I do wonder, um, you know, how much, how much good sense has been um, is allowed to flourish in these environs of social media. You know, I saw some. Uh, I saw friend of the pod, Steve Pitt, be pretty upfront about uh, some of the decision making, and some of the responses were faintly eyeball licking where well, yeah, it's all about you and the lizard people creating a pub for the Lib Dems to host their mothership and you think whilst I'm no great fan of the Lib Dems I think the mothership hosting is probably not quite top of your agenda so yeah no I think uh, I think the, the the whole pyramids thing is is one of those things where and again the well we should we ask people would you still like a uh, a video rental store at the end of the road yes i would would you ever go there no okay and 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 that's the that's the kind of point is it you know it, i i think fun i think fundamentally you kind of get to the point of um yeah absolutely um you can see that what is the honesty in providing people with a false choice in the sense of we can provide you with something but actually we don't have any way of paying for that i don't know that that i don't know that that's a fair or a reasonable choice in fact some of the problems that the country's facing is people making promises that aren't deliverable but that's a different issue that we might touch on later um yeah. so um you know in, in in that respect it's obviously a very um a very hot topic for lots of people and lots of grandstanding being made by some and you know, I, I, if I'm honest, yeah, I don't think it's right that people are, you know, that you know, Steve in particular coming in for flack for just, you know, to just to be honest with you, you know, being clear is like, you know, come on, guys, if you if have, have we got the seven hundred thousand pound a year, where where's that coming from? Oh, he, he, yeah, well, even if we have, is that what we want to spend it on? Well, no, exactly. So, um, so yeah, there so, we go. So no. So for a subject no, we didn't want to talk about. <laughs> No, we've covered that now. Yep. What's next? So the next one was um, well, there was a, a so the two two elements actually of of the council meeting where there was a bit of peace and harmony, but some of it tenuous peace and harmony. So the first of those was was the Hampshire Fire and Rescue motion, which was the motion brought um, brought forward by uh, Councillor Jason Frizzacoli, um and seconded by Lee. Hunt. Oh, I don't know him. So uh, who's he? Uh, Jason's a Lib Dem councillor in Nelson Ward, along with Lee Hunt. This is one you don't oh, know. Yep. So, um, so basically, um, Jason sits on the um, uh, basically the Hampshire Fire Authority to represent the council at um, at, at that meeting and to um, effectively form a communication between Portsmouth City Council and Hampshire Fire Authority. Um, and his motion effectively says to council, "Hey, we've been asking for some information from Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service." Um, about the impacts of the cuts that were made to South Sea Fire Station. Um, it apparently had the largest level of cuts um, of any, any other fire station in the area. There were um, concerns about the readiness and availability of the aerial platform. So that's the... That's the yep. Um, that's the. It's. I used to have one of these as a, as a, as a toy truck when I was a kid because it's called the Simon Snorkel because um, obviously it's called Simon. Um, oh. And... Um, uh, and whether the, the availability of that has, has basically put lives at risk in the, in the city or the shortage of um, of 
fire um, fire officers has, has caused an issue. Um, so not being able to get those answers out of um, the um, out the Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service is a bit of a concern. So the motion is effectively saying, did the council agree that actually Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service should actually answer our questions urgently? Um, to which, from a common sense perspective, everybody's agreed. Isn't, what's, isn't is that, that just shouting into the void? Yeah. Well, is is anybody going to disagree with that? Is anybody is anybody no, going to say no? We don't want the Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service to actually answer the council's questions. Um, well, the bit that I don't get, and this is what's doing my melon in this, slightly, Simon, is that they weren't there. So, so the council has called upon the people who weren't there to answer the question which we've already asked. Well, the the, the all, well, effectively, what the motion is 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 basically saying is that. You know, to read the kind of the last couple of paragraphs, you know, the council takes the safety of its residents extremely seriously and requests that Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service meet urgently with the council's representative on the fire authority to answer these concerns. The council requests that an update is provided by the council's representative on the Hampshire Fire and Rescue Authority at the next full, uh, the next meeting of the full council in November. So, you know, from a, a from a kind of bread and butter sort of motion of. Hey everybody, do you think it's a good idea that the fire brigade give us an answer to our questions? Anybody dissent on that is... one? Yes. Yeah. So, um, what was interesting was um, there were presentations then or responses from um, councillor and MP Stephen Morgan um, and from uh, so leader of the Labour group and councillor Donna Jones, the leader of the Conservative group. Um, Saying the sorts of things that you you would expect to to hear, Councillor Morgan. Um, I don't know whether it's a councillor and MP, but anyway, Stephen Morgan was saying, uh, you know, obviously saying about how important fire and rescue services and the vital work that um, that they do, and um, and his relationship with the FBU, um, and he raised, uh, he was able to actually provide, actually quote some information in in his speech. Um, and also, yeah, so I'm not being, I'm not being funny, old son. If that information came from the FBU, that is completely and utterly unreliable. Well, you, you don't the think F that you don't, you don't think that they know what they're talking about? No, not a, not absolutely not a clue. The FBU is a sock puppet for momentum. So if they, if the question was, what's the impact on residents where they're all going to die due to Tory cuts? So. You know, you may as well all be dead now. So, but that, frankly, anything they anything they've got to say is is utterly worthless. As much so, as, as much as I lament finding myself in the in the situation where I'm defending both the FBU and Stephen Morgan, that's not what he said. Um, so I apologise for not having that clip ready. Um, what was what was an a counter to that? Um, uh, Councillor Donna Jones um, also expressed a, a thanks for the fire and rescue service. Um, but also went on to explain that um, we don't need to keep um, such, um, you know, such resourcing levels where we've got improved technology that enables us to actually um, deliver, um, basically to deal with those, you know, basically fires safely. So, so it was an interesting, so for me, the thing wasn't, the interesting observation wasn't that, um, to be honest with you, the Conservatives and the Labour group made predictable responses to the motion the, the issue yes. the thing for me was that if the council motion is about hey we don't have any answers from the um from the fire brigade but it seemed that the leaders of both the opposition groups actually seem to have quite a few of those answers yeah it would seem so it would seem um, so. so so that that seems so a bit it's... weird so the the conservatives had put a amendment to the motion which actually requested that um rather than just presenting back to the council's representative, which is Councillor Frazakali, that those responses are given by the Hampshire Fire and Rescue Service um to um to um to either all of the council or to actually um to the representatives of the other groups as well. So in that respect, um okay, there's no what's the problem in you know, that makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Well you know we should all know, yes. But it seems weird yes. that we're saying that we don't know some stuff, but actually clearly some people do know some stuff. That's yeah. seem seems a bit odd, um, um, but we can all agree fire brigades are a good thing, and well yes. trained and fantastically hardworking and um, you know 
brave men and women that literally run into fire when everyone else is running out of them um, should be commended, of course. That's not a really, you know, that's a bit of a no-brainer statement to, to agree with, isn't it? Yes. So. Everyone agreed. We all went and had a cup of tea. Um, it was, um, yes, so the amendment was accepted um, and the um, the, nomina- the notice of motion uh, passed by assent. So basically every- everybody agreed. That was fantastic. Yeah. But that was, you know, that, smile wave. that was 36 minutes of a conversation um, on that particular issue. Mm. So the next thing was uh, was landlord the landlord licensing and the private rented sector strategy. Um, so we talked before with Darren and we talked before with Cal Corkery, Councillor Corkery, about... Um, uh, about Did we motion. do this about three months ago? Yeah, so so Cal had previously brought a motion to full council um, seeking to look at selective um, landlord licensing. Um, in That's Portsmouth. right, and some, pe- some people got chucked out because they were landlords, and some people got chucked out because they were council tenants. Yeah. Yeah, so they were... Yeah, and they were... and then, I, then I thought we agreed it was a good thing to look at. Well, and the the council agreed to basically go away and look at it. Um, yes. Um, but not to prescribe what the answer would be. Okay. So um, Cal's, um, Cal's motion uh, basically calls on the council to um, to um, request that the cabinet reconsiders its decision not to include selective licensing as a policy as a policy intervention as part of the private rented. Um, sector strategy and suggests that the council be asked to explore whether more stringent conditions can be put into land or licensing agreements with regard to responsible property main management uh, for example dealing with antisocial behavior so um on on the face of it if i'm honest it's um you could you could you could interpret that as cal having another swing at the bat is it a swing at the bat or yeah. is it a swing at the ball Swing of the bat. Swing of the bat. Okay, I'm I'm not good yes. with sporting yeah. metaphors. Yeah, let's let's um, face it. Sporting analogies, sunshine. You are way out of your depth there. But was it an own goal? Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. So um. So I've got some clips of um. Yep. So an excerpt of cows um uh, of um of cow speaking um speaking to the motion, um. Councillor Sanders' um a summary of his his response and then some. Other responses, which we also had from Councillor John Ferret and from Councillor Scott Peter Harris. So, um, everyone got their popcorn? Go for it. Okay. There are still things that councils can do differently, um, and we were particularly interested to look at what local authorities were taking a more interventionist approach, um, and whether those some of those policies could be applicable in Portsmouth. Some local authorities were doing the bare minimum in terms of landlord licensing, which was just to license large HMOs, as is the case in Portsmouth. Other local authorities were taking uh, a more interventionist um, approach. We all want. So obviously that's a snapshot of yep, um, Cal. Of Cal. So and then um, so Darren, uh, Councillor Sanders had proposed an amendment to um, to the motion. Um, and so this is this is a, a an excerpt of um, Darren's response. It's better standards. We need it to flourish because without it, we wouldn't simply wouldn't have the room to house all of those who need a home in our city. We all agree change is needed, as Councillor Corkery has said. Rents are too high, too often. Put simply, the ogres both think exist everywhere because they exist somewhere must be tackled if reform is to happen. Makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I found Councillor Sanders seems to speak an awful lot of sense. I'm surprised he's with your crew, but no, no we like his work. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Um, but um, yes, Darren does indeed know his stuff. Um, so, yeah. um, and then we had some inter- we had an intervention from um, Councillor John Ferret, so um, the independent councillor in Paulsgrove. I think Councillor Sanders' uh, amendment is uh, <clears throat> a very sensible one. Uh, and does seem to be underpinned by evidence, <clears throat> not with them. Uh, I thought it was based on evidence. Uh, it did look at some of these assertions that were being made in the original uh, motion uh, <clears throat> and really where they were supported, it backed those up, but where there wasn't support, 
it showed uh, it showed what the evidence was actually saying. Uh, unfortunately, I think Councillor Corkery's uh, motion is like a lot of his contributions to the council that it seems to be driven by ideology uh, rather than evidence. So not much love for for Cal or Cal's motion. To then. be fair, don't those two have got previous, haven't they? I, d I don't know. I mean, I, I well, I, so I think John was the leader of the Labour arrangements and and left. He was fairly clear with this when he was on the pod that um, his his love for the Corbyn was not strong, and obviously, you know, Cal's got a relationship with the momentum, so his love for Corbyn we would have presumed was strong. So I, I don't see them as the most natural bedfellows at this point. I, I, and I know you're about to cut into um, Scott Pater Harris. Have we just witnessed the first performance of the Pompey Politics podcast's boy band, as all four have been on to join us? I think they're like the D ream of uh, councillors. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, so far, of the people that the clips that I've played so far, only Councillor Heaney hasn't been a guest. Yeah, no, but this this run here, yeah, we're three from three. Yeah, hit it. What you got for me? Okay, so um, Scott Peter Harris continues um, continues the the love for the um, for the motion um, in a in a subtle way. So I'm really struggling to see why I should vote for either at the moment, especially when we have an out we have a consultation going on the private rented sector, which I think is far more important than any decision we make today. I mean, we've talked about this four times now. Um, within council business, and I'm almost getting to the point where I think this is becoming more than more than about the council. This is becoming a bit of electioneering, and this is not about what people want. So I actually think we should be talking about the hard facts here. When the consultation happens, I would quite happy have that discussion with Councillor Sanders and Councillor Corbury at the housing portfolio meeting, and I think that is where the business of the day will be done on this issue, not in this playground effectively, and that, that's all I've got to say on it, Lord Mayor. I think it's incredibly frustrating, and I think at, at the moment we are I think, to be honest, wasting the council's time. So that was go something. SPH. So, ah, oh. so um, oh. Um, oh, I like Sanders; he's good, but I think Scott summed it up there. Well, I yeah, think... for me, look, and I know Cow's passionate about housing, and I know it matters to him, and you know he's coming out probably from the right, but. You've raised your hand. The council's agreed to do a consultation. The consultation's ongoing. Going back to the well with, no, no, can we be more interventionist, please? Because there must be lots of bad landlords out there. You've got to let the process flow, haven't you? You've got to let the data speak. Um, well, it's it's interesting considering how some of the earlier conversations were about, come on, you've done this thing, but you haven't consulted. But then this motion is effectively calling on on the council to change its direction while the mo while the consultation is still ongoing so isn't that a, yeah. isn't that a contradiction to you know if you want to hear the answer to a question you've got to wait for it to be answered before you before you decide to act but i think you know yeah. there's there's a there's also a, a um so i think some of the um i think some of the some of the nature of actually do you know what there's isn't it a, is it a good thing and I, I'd argue that it actually is to to keep kind of, to be honest, to keep kind of pushing at the at the coattails of something that you know an administration has promised to do, in, in order to make sure that it's kind of being delivered. But from a point of view of, um, it, it seems quite clear that there are um, views in different parts of the virtual council chamber as to what the solutions might look like. Um, I mean, to follow kind of what's going on in the chat. Um, Councillor Terry Norton um, is saying that um, it's saying that although the reality um, is that any additional costs incurred by landlords usually just drip down to renters, you know, so the concern would be that um, any licensing scheme yeah. um, becomes a cost that's that's borne by borne by tenants. Um, so, um, uh, Councillor Hunt. Um, chips in and saying that he thinks that it's good that um, landlords and housing is constantly aired. Lots of good things around to um, ideas around to improve things for tenants, uh, neighbours, and landlords alike. Um, so yeah, it's 
in in some yeah, respects. That's, that's all good, but no, nobody's saying looking at the sector is a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think you know we, we we kind of kicked this one around. As I say, it was it was a few months ago, and I remember it vividly with comings and goings and. I think it was Uncle Tom Coles, wasn't it? He wasn't allowed to second it. And then well, there was all sorts of shambolicness. In the end, we all said, yeah, you know what? We ought to look at this. So for me, dipping your bucket back into the well before the, the whole consultation is, you know, Scott's summary of, are we just wasting the council's time? How many minutes did that little cornucopia of joy rattle on for before we... Well, what happened? What was the outcome? That's what I haven't asked. So the outcome was that um, so uh, Councillor Sanders' amendment to uh, to Cow's motion was, uh, as um, as Councillor Ferret um, said, challenged some of the preconceptions and actually provided some provided some actual data to um, to some of those preconceived ideas. So the amendment was accepted. So Cow Cow, um, I think it's fair to say, begrudgingly accepted the amendment. Um, in the sense that I, I think he could see that it was better to have the motion passed with, with you know, not quite as, as he perhaps had envisioned it originally, so with the amendment, than actually not have it passed at all. Um, so the amendment being ex- accepted, um, it meant that... Um, oh, I've... I nearly said the wrong ones then because I looked at the I looked at the wrong bit of my notes. So the Lib Dems all voted for, the Conservatives voted against, Labour voted for, and the PPP voted for. So there were 24 oh, so votes for and 10 against. So it still went through, even though it was just a load of old nonsense. Well, you see, so you, but you say that and it's it, it's so, saying that there's so a the council agreed to be committed to actually continue to, to look at the private rental, private rent sector. But what the council isn't committing to do, I guess, is, is to say what a prescribed answer to that, you know, to the issues that are there are, because although there are, as you know, as as um, Rick came on and, and explained to us, you know that you, you can get issues yeah. with you know landlords no. suffering from issues with um, just, you know. I'm just not sure I understand why the administration votes for an amendment to encourage them to do what they're already doing. Well, they definitely wouldn't. Guess... Vote, they definitely wouldn't vote against it, would they? I mean, they wouldn't vote against it, but they might just call it out for a complete waste of time that it is. Right, I've got to let my dog out. That's not a euphemism. I'll be back. Okay. So, <laughs> he's going to let his dog out. So, I'm going to catch up quickly. Ah, so, um, so Scott... Oh, I can still hear you. Oh, you brilliant. can still so, hear me. So, Scott's, um, Scott's with us. Is it, you know, you can't, is he saying that you can't do anything unless the data stacks up? Um, so, standing by is, um, you know, it's one of the things that he, t- he talked about in his remarks um and um uh lee hunt um, points out you know politics is about compromising especially in a in a hung council we don't have you know the the administration don't have overall control um so they don't have they don't have the they don't have the magic oh, i see i see it was a few pieces of silver into the coin into the coffers see, of the, uh, you make it sound like someone's being bought off but actually well, no 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 it all makes sense to me a little bit of a little bit of greasing of the wheels. No, I get that now. But see, you make that sound as something suspicious and deeply sceptical. No, it's all it's all been above board. I've I've made no such assertions. But, but I'd well, merely, okay. Merely I'm going to counter. Part, I'm going to counter your weaseling by pointing out by pointing out that actually Cal is an elected representative in his ward. He is. And he's, in t- he's entirely in, um, at liberty to bring uh, bring forward motions to council. Um, and council yes, discussed yes, them. And the council did discuss them. No, um, they did, and everybody went away. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's Happy. another victory for Stephen Morgan's cross party working. Steady on. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I get more playful on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can tell. Like, I guess it's the you, you're not kind of um, you know counting down till um, till dinner is served. I guess. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, let's not talk about, um, talking of, um, greasing the wheels and, um, was it pieces of silver you talked about in a couple of weeks? It's a wheel related segue. No, in a, in a, in a couple of weeks time, we're going to speak to, um, we're going to speak to 
the representatives of Let's Stop Aquind group on Facebook. Yes. So they're going to come. They're going to come and have a chat with us. So um, they're going to talk about power to the people, just not through a trench that's gouged through the entire of the city. Thanks. Um, and uh, we'll have a we'll have a nice chat with them. And next week, or well, this week now, because because of where we are, we've got Sarah Cheverton coming on, the editor of the Star, Star Crescent. Um, so it'd be fantastic. So yes. Anyway, so moving on. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was that was the thing about housing. Um, yep. The next the next notice of motion that um, that we wanted to talk about was about road rerouting. Now this was a this was a motion from Luke Stubbs, uh, seconded by uh, Linda Symes. So both Eastling Craneswater Conservative MPs uh, MPs cons- um, councillors. Sorry, guys. Didn't want to accidentally promote you there. Um, Stephen would definitely be really upset about that. Um, I wouldn't be. Well, you wouldn't be, but you know, thankfully the voters have a different view on it. So, um, oh, I see. Stephen Morgan fan now, aren't we? No, I just wouldn't want a Conservative MP. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, want a Conservative MP. Um, I've seen it so well in caution. Right, come on. What, what was the what was the motion? So, so the motion was um, was calling um, on the reclassification of um, of um, of Eastern Parade. Uh, so, of the and the um, there was a bit of to and fro, to be honest, about the road number class the classification of the road num- the road number that um, that Councillor Stubbs had actually put forward in his motion was it was incorrect and was actually Fratton Road. Um, so there was a bit of perhaps not entirely playful um this is obviously wrong um and quite clearly needs to be changed and we're not talking about moving fratton road to the seafront um oh. so there was um perhaps a, a a bit more conversation about something that seemed to be purely self-evident um than than needed to be if i'm honest but for a conversation that took um just under the whole thing took just under an hour um but it was interesting listening to um, listening to kind of their points. So I've got kind of the tail end of Councillor Stubbs Stubbs's thoughts on this, and then I've got some I've got some thoughts from uh, Councillor Matthew Atkins, who's uh, one of the Cosham councillors, um, and um, and then we've got a got a um, got a some remarks from Councillor um, Linda Symes on, on this one. So shall we shall we go to VT? Kick it. Well, I won't kick it because knowing how things keep breaking at the moment, that's probably not a good idea. So here's uh, Luke Stubbs. Let's say, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say it was the administration's position that it wanted to permanently close the seafront road. By the time it was announced, it would be a done deal. That road is recognised as the main route for traffic to to cross the island and get through that area. Um, And so um, isn't subject to any future decision-making like we just saw this summer. Uh, that was bad, which closed the roads, which caused congestion and caused a nightmare for local residents. And and one of the methods of which we can achieve that is by reclassifying that road as it probably properly should be. Um, and then the last clip that I've got is is from Councillor Symes. So it's uh, it kind of speaks to an interesting narrative about the road. I mean, I, I see this as very sinister because I think that Councillor Vernon Jackson has already said to residents that that road might be closed again at any time. And I have written to the council asking for evidence from the police and from the public health that this was something that they requested for the summer months. And I've not yet had a reply. So forgive me, but I just feel that there is another something else going on in the background here and I think that it might be that the council want to permanently close this road in the future and I think that's so unfair on the residents there were eight to a th- 800 to a thousand traffic movements without vans without lorries without bikes without motorbikes going along that stretch of Eastern Parade every single hour now I don't think it's either fair nor right that those people should, should be subjected to this so questions notwithstanding about 800 to 1,000 traffic movements an hour. Um, you're still there, Ian? paraphrase. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm here. If, if, we kind of, if we kind of read between the lines. So what's clear is that the purpose of this motion is, is because, um, and 
um, the cabinet member for traffic and transportation, Councillor Stagg, um, gives a lengthy explanation about what would be involved in reclassifying the road and whether that would mean actually physically altering the road in, in any sort of way. Um, and there's lots of to and fro, to be honest, about, you know, most people actually drive by sat-navs or drive the roads that they're familiar with. So reclassifying the road isn't isn't really going to change anything. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, Councillor Atkins quite helpfully makes it very, very clear that the reason for doing this is that because if by making the seafront road an A road, it would stop the council being able to actually um, close it um, using the emergency powers that they had yes. um, to um, to close it in order to help with uh, social distancing and exercise during the during lockdown. So, yeah, and I think this one's an interesting one, Simon, because I think it, it for me it, it really depends where you sit or stand or walk. In fact, on the seafront. You know, you you could look at this through the lens of, you know, that for me, and I'll give you my opinion, the council did absolutely the right thing by closing the seafront road to accept the fact that people were going to go there to do their daily exercise during lockdown. And therefore, by closing the road, that created the capacity to allow people to to do their exercise. The council told the good people of Portsmouth, look, all the car parks are closed, so don't drive here. Unfortunately, some of the not-so-good people of Portsmouth completely ignored... I've lost you. Are you still there, Ian? Oh, I am. Can you yeah, hear me? Um, I lost you at the, unfortunately, not some of the not-so-good people of Portsmouth. Dr And it's and it's gone again. I don't know whether it's still coming off on the on the stream. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. <laughs> it seems to be so, honestly I'm not touching anything. <laughs> right, leave it alone. So the people that drove to the seafront yeah. then log jammed all of the area around, you know, where Luke and Linda's constituency. It's not about a roads. It's about to ensure that whichever administration is in power cannot, at a whim, close the seafront road and drive all that traffic back up into their constituencies. Um. Okay. So, and and that's an interesting side point. The the guys in the chat have pointed out that they could hear you fine, which is um, at least evidence of because zoom takes its stream for facebook actually from their server rather than the connection i see my end so i i wasn't getting you but they could so um so sorry that i missed out but i i got the idea of the thrust of what you what you were saying i guess um it's worth remembering a couple of a couple of clear things about about the mechanism by which the the the, the seafront road was was closed and the other measures that were, were done during lockdown they used and obviously there'll be people that can speak with a lot more authority than I can about this, but they used a temporary traffic regulation order. I can hear your, star, 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 star. your um, star, star, screen star. reader reading back to you, Ian. Oh, sorry. Um, so, um, so that, you know, in a, effectively an emergency regulation order is designed not to be used whimsically it was you know and, and the administration's argument was that it was it was used under the advice of um they were they were professionally advised to, to um to to do that right so that's why there wasn't consultation in the beginning because to be quite frank if a road floods or yep. um, there's a gas leak on it you, you're not going to want to wait to go on a six-week consultation before you before you actually do that and you know the coronavirus lockdown was an extreme situation the regulation order itself lasts for up to 18 months. So it has a time limit on it. It has an end clause in it. But that doesn't mean that those measures stay in place for 18 months. It means that they can, right? Yes. Um, but it also means that if you remove them, those restrictions, you can put them back in within within that 18-month period. So it seems a bit, um, so it seems a bit disingenuous at best 
for some people to be suggesting that it's a really awful thing that, uh, that the Lib Dem administration are using powers given to it by the Conservative government in order to try to preserve the safety um, and exercise um, and well-being of people in Portsmouth from a limited period of time. They said actually at the outset they planned to actually remove the restrictions in September. That's on the council website. Um, so it kind of se it seems like there's a bit of political kicking about going on here. Now you could possibly argue could more have been done to engage while it was happening. Um, then maybe there's a, there's an argument there. But from a perspective of crying foul at the measures that were used by the council that were given to it by the Conservative government, um, and crying foul that these measures, the, this will be in place for 18 months, that's how it works, um, and crying foul that the council want to close the road, you know, want to, you know, have got some sort of Machiavellian plan, according to Councillor Symes, some sinister plan to, to close the road. Um, I mean... They've, haven't they just kind of won millions of pounds worth of investment to put the road along the seafront defences? So that would be seem to be a bit strange, wouldn't it? I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and to be fair, to be fair, Simon, you know, as I said, I gave you the administration credit. I think it was the right thing to do. I think there's an element of you know a little bit of the law of unintended consequences, mm -hmm. um, which is I, I don't believe that it was foreseen just how negatively impactful it would be. So I guess the question is, you know, and that's that's where the procedure bit, we would need probably somebody more knowledgeable than, definitely more knowledgeable than me, to understand if the council did decide that that was a good thing and they wanted to turn that into a closed road or a pedestrianised area, I guess that would have to go through some kind of more formal consultation. Well, yeah, because that wouldn't be an emergency act, would it? No. So you would you would have to do that. so it it just seems that there's a bit of a red herring. I I, I if I'm honest, I, I kind of agree with the um your law of unintended consequences and the things that happened there and um could more have been done about consulting with or informing the people that were around. But it does seem also that like sadly so many other things, it's being picked up as a political hot potato and therefore it, it pushes pushes the administration and the opposition parties into opposing views on this um and as we've just heard to be really honest some of those views that have been you know repeated elsewhere uh, you know i'm not being funny i'm not going to take too much salt of someone's definition of what's sinister that doesn't understand you know because their definition of what's a sinister facebook post seems to be a bit wanting to, to say the least so um it's a shame because it does affect that decision did affect the people in that area, but it also affected the r people in the rest of the city who then had somewhere they could go and exercise. Could you make a perfect decision in that circumstance? I don't think anybody could. No, I don't think I don't think you could. And, and, and again, leaving the, the, the sinister piece to one side, there is an element of of I, I guess. You know that that impact was felt very acutely by those people living mm -hmm. close by, and I, I guess they would expect their councillors to lobby on their behalf to ensure that uh, that similar, you know, that similar activities didn't happen again. If this gets this onto the, you know, higher up the agenda, then, you know, as you say, there is nothing, as it stands currently, um, to stop the the current administration at the in April of next year saying, oh, yeah, we're going to close it again for the summer because we thought it worked so well last time. You know, so I guess there is an element yeah. of of highlighting the impact of the issue in terms of the long term aspirations for the road. Well, that's a different thing, because as you've already pointed out, um, that has to go through a different process. Well, yeah, I mean, the long, so, the long term thing is, a, to be to be quite honest, that's that's a ridiculous claim on on the part of people claiming that there's some sort of plan to close the road because the, the the plans for the redevelopment of the seafront based on the sea defenses quite clearly show a road in there um and and I, I just think it's a shame that actually an issue that you know a decision that had to be taken at short notice um I don't think anybody would claim that it worked so well, but if the situation, you know, God forbid, if the situation with COVID gets so bad again next year, that we, are, you know, the council are faced with a similar decision, 
then yeah, they they might have to do that as a temporary measure. But would they do it in the same way? I'd, I'd, well, I'd really hope not, because obviously it upset and and um, infuriated lots lots of people. But putting the measures in place also meant that lots of people were able to exercise safely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's that balance of the benefit and the pain weren't equally shared. Uh, no, I guess, I guess um, there's the you could you could kind of open it, claw, claw open the debate about localism versus you know what was good for the whole of the island or what was a painful thing for the people that lived immediately next to it. Could those consequences have been better managed? Could the communication have been better managed? I don't run comms for the council, so. <laughs> Possibly. So it went to the tail of the tape. I, I'm guessing I know what happened. So it went, oh, where's me? Hang on, I've lost my notes. So uh, the road rerouting, um, the um, amendment which quite logically corrected the the, the road name um and so the amendment yeah. was subsumed um and the motion passed um with 17 for eight against and 16 abstentions so Ooh. the conservatives voted for it the labor party voted against it the ppp voted against it um the independent voted for it and the liberal democrats abstained oh well, that wasn't what I expected. Um, Councillor Terry Norton points out in the in the chat that he thinks it was about avoiding punishment at the ballot box. My question back to you, Terry, is for who? Oh. Um, wow. Mm. Just, not to, you know, just generally Ooh. actually to, um, in, in interested to, to know whether you, whether, you know, it's obviously a, a pressing local issue um, that quite clearly um, councillors Stubbs and Symes were pressing. Um, but yeah, we had a um, Terry's clarified it's for the Lib. Thanks, Terry, um, it, for the Lib Dems. Yeah. So um, yes, so that well. subject took um, that subject took just under an hour. And so pressing on as we must, because our time is now running short, yes. brings us to the final, the final um, clause of the day. Yes. So the, fi the final notice of motion was, um, so the final motion was brought by Councillor Tom Coles and George Fielding, which is about hidden disabilities, so becoming a sunflower friendly council. So that's the council agreeing to uh, sign up to the Hidden Disabilities Sunflower Scheme and become an officially recognised sunflower-friendly local authority. So that's, um, I don't know if um, listeners have, have seen, but you can get lanyards or, um, or or badges as such with the, with the scheme. And that you know, um, communicates visually to others that the wearer um, has a hidden disability. Um, and if you think in our context of um, people that can't wear masks, um, you know that that's a way of explaining that. So to forestall um, anybody challenging them in mm. um, in an unhelpful way, because I guess you know, sadly this one passed. Um, so uh, this again, as I said at the beginning, there were two issues of the day that were discussed that everybody kind of agreed with um, quite merrily, and this was carried by assent. This was this was a fifteen-minute discussion. Um, and everybody basically agreed that it was that it was a fantastic idea. But you you you've got a different view on this, Ian. Definitely, um, I am. I am not a fan of the scheme at all. Um, I think it is a. I, I think it is dreadfully open to abuse. So you know, I I am a registered disabled person. So that is fine, and there is an element of. As part of that, I've had to go through a process, you know, which not especially pleasant, but there is an element of for you to qualify, quitting air quotes, for the sunflower scheme, you have to order a lanyard 
If you then wear your lanyard because you don't fancy wearing a face mask, you will be able to stroll about Sainsbury's or any other supermarket of your choosing without a face mask on because there is absolutely no way that anybody will dare to challenge somebody who is quote-unquote disabled. Um, and the scheme is, is absolutely open to abuse. And, you know, there are there is limited support for people who are genuinely disabled. And I am very, very uncomfortable with a scheme that effectively allows for you to just click online. To give you an example of where such systems have been abused before, in the past, if you wanted a radar key, which would allow you access to a disabled toilet, you could only get one of those from your local authority. Now you can just order one off the internet, which means that many disabled toilets now are permanently sealed up because they are then exploited by drug dealers who have a key to be able to lock themselves in and out to do their deals. Wow. That's, um, I've requested, by the way, for your video again. I don't know if you realise, but your video's gone off. Um, uh, I think I may be running low on battery. Allow myself to try and top myself up. Okay. Well, hopefully you mean your phone, not you. But um, So, you, yes, you, I yes, mean, you, you talked earlier on about unintended consequences. So that's a massive, massively impactful and definitely obviously mm. not what schemes were designed to do. Um, consequences regarding regarding that so so your your fear is that people will just avail themselves of a lanyard from ebay um and be able to walk yep. around merrily and you know the example i'll use is without a mask um or face covering yes. sorry so that is entirely you know the the, the situation that you can find yourself in mm. um and it, and again it is a it is a real challenge and again you know I've, I've had many discussions around the provision of disability benefits and and the system itself is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but effectively the alternative is that you just take people on trust yeah and um i mean lynn, lynn... and and yeah go on sorry I lost your audio then, but it's it's the connection my end because the no, zoom app is there. the zoom app is it telling is me that my there. connection's a bit a bit hinky. So sorry, so I, I kind of missed that. So so how how I, I mean it's it. I must admit when we when we spoke about this as part part of our preparation. I mean I, I you know I suggested that we we look at this subject. Um, initially because it's you know it seems like a, a bit of an you know again it seems like a bit of a, obviously everyone's going to agree on this it, it's a bit of a no-brainer but then the angle that you explained isn't one that um if i'm honest i'd i'd considered or, e or even thought of um how how could you get around that though what? very simply that so and, and this is where you know at the end of the day if you are in receipt of personal independence payment or disability living allowance, you have been through a process to assess the nature of your disability. Um, so, you know, proof as such in the same way that for me to get a blue badge to park my car, I have to provide proof of my disability and they will give me a blue badge. A you know, blue badge fraud is, is an issue. Um, and it isn't just you just have to click on a couple of buttons on the internet and you get your blue badge. Um, you know, it's it's where for me I, I have some real reservations about the the sunflower scheme. It is done with the best of intentions. It really genuinely is, but is um, is unfortunately a, an open door for for anybody who doesn't fancy wearing a mask and just strolling about without being challenged. It's as simple as two clicks on the internet. Um, I mean, I guess it it remains to be seen whether, to be honest with you, that will be the the solution that the, those. I mean, like you say, there's nothing kind of stopping uh, people that wanted to do that doing that. But 
whether whether those sorts of people would you know would would because whether they're just happy to shout at train guards and shop workers um and and stomp around like the world owns them something um then you know that's a i don't know i mean i don't i don't honestly know but i guess you know what you're saying is physically possible as to what what they could do and uh, and your solution is use some sort of official scheme that actually is tied into um yeah. recognition that you already need to um secure by assessment yeah. or you know by other means kind of thing indeed so you know again in the interest of time yeah it, it's, it's an interesting the, angle. the one that we thought everybody would agree on i've been controversial and disagreed said that i don't but um no i guess it's been you know uh, again interesting when you sit back and look at them in their entirety um you know well it, it are politics being played on all sides? I think I, I'm getting a whiff of a run into May just by some of the ways that the, the votes went. And um, I'm sure we'll all say that our side weren't playing politics, but the other ones were. Um, but um, yeah, we will see how that all unfolds. I'm, I'm sure there was politics. There's um, always politics. There's, there's always politics if, you know society may fall but there will always be politics um, politics because you've been listening to the pompey politics podcast blue and yellow till we die i've been ian tiny morris and i've been simon sansbury